Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. And we're back, man. Episode 143. Yes, sir. All right. Before we get into our topics, man, I just want to take this time uh, to dedicate this episode uh, to a listener um, that passed on. Um, shout out to my man, Gore uh, Alcopion. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Mm-hmm. Alcopion. Um, great dude, man. Um, earlier, like when we first started the podcast, we are probably about maybe 20 or so episodes in. And, um, one day I, I was over in Van Nuys and the terminal had shut down. So it was just a bunch of truckers having conversations. And, um, I met Gore and we started talking and I met my boy, Blake Reed, shout out to Blake. Yeah, shout out and, to Blake. and, uh, we just talked about life and all kind of stuff. And during that conversation, I mentioned I had a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, man, well, Gore was like, hey, man, what kind of what's the name of your podcast and this and that? And I didn't want to solicit it, but I shot him the information and we just started doing it or whatnot, doing it with me and Keith just doing a podcast as we always do. And then one day I run across him. He's like, dude, I've listened to all of them, man. You guys are really good. Mm-hmm. And that to me meant a lot because, you know, this guy listen to a podcast and actually subscribe to two guys that he didn't know. That's what makes somebody special too. He didn't wait for people to co-sign. We didn't have to be a celebrity or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, Gore just loved the content and we would have conversations not only about the podcast, but uh, about life. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember it was a couple of times we, we was talking and uh, he talked about like bikes because he loved riding bikes. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, yo, can you imagine what life would be like for us if we did what we love 24-7? Yeah. Like, because I told him straight up, I don't love driving trucks. And he wasn't a huge fan of it either. But mm-hmm. it was just, it's how we provide, right? Um, and I was like, dude, I asked him, what was he passionate about? He said, uh, I love riding bikes, man. I said, can you imagine if you did that 24-7? Like, if you had a bike shop and then you met people and did this and did that and X and Y. And... That was the last conversation me and him had, you know, like a face as far as face to face. Um, And from that point, like we would check in here and there on the inbox. But what I really want to say is, is, man, make sure you're checking in on people, because um, I felt real bad when I inboxed him. Like it was like in November um, and I got a message back and it was actually, you know, from his wife. I don't want to go too much in detail out of respect, but um she notified me that he had passed on and I, I felt so out of the loop, man. Like that shit hurt, you know, not, not because, you know, because, you know, um, it hurt because you, he was a solid dude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when somebody's a solid person, you kind of want to stay on top of that and check in on them, see how they doing. Um, and I didn't, I noticed he hadn't posted in a while and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I just, I want to send my condolences to his wife and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, he was genuinely a solid cat, man, you know, and a huge, a huge fan of the podcast. So I think a trucker's mind podcast and me specifically, we owe we owe that to Gore, man. You yeah. know, he was one of the first cats to really um, to really subscribe to what we were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, and and, it, and um, his wife told me something. I'll keep it private, you know, in regards to the podcast and whatnot. But basically how he enjoyed listening. Yeah. And that shit made me cry, bro. I'm not yeah. going to lie. That made me cry based on the fact that you don't even know what your impact is on people. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think uh, the Lord has spared me to do this. And 
in a way, I'm, I'm jealous based on the fact that he died doing what he loved doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's it's, um, I think that I want to have the same type of trajectory where if I am to go, I want to go doing what I love. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Once again, man, I want to shout out Gore, man. Uh, God bless him, his family, everybody in the Ruthless Riders. Um, he was a solid dude. Like I'm, I'm genuinely saying that because he was <clears throat> he was a solid dude. A lot of times we would pass on people make up shit about a person and say, yeah, they were nice, even if the person wasn't. This was a solid fucking guy. Yeah. So shout out to Gore, man. Yeah. I, I, I never met him, but I um, just knowing that there are people in the world that we're genuinely impacting 100 especially someone like that like you know for for his wife to say that we made his rise enjoyable um him just listening to us consistently like we don't take that stuff lightly man not at I all feel like um like we come in here every week and we try to do our best to you know bring forth entertainment and, and information and knowledge and um Sometimes we be a little bit down on ourselves, like, yo, we got to do more. We got to do more. But when you realize that you're impacting one person, that's almost enough. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And just knowing the fact that we brought joy to, you know, his, his, his experience and his life. And it's just an unfortunate situation, man. Like I remember, uh, I had a friend named, uh, Michael Thomas and he was, he was a guy that, um, you know, back in the day when I was doing different things, he was like one of those people like like Gore was where he right. would just like appreciate right. and send like good energy towards me or 100%. tell me to keep doing what I'm doing and that kind of thing. And he passed away. And it was super sad because, like you said, like you 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 built these bonds. And although you're, you're not always as close as you once were, but 100%. you still have that genuine connection with these people. 100 percent. And you almost for me, at least when I was thinking about Michael Thomas, like, I'm like, yo, I want to do great things because he's one of the people that believed in me. One million percent. Prior to everybody else. A hundred fucking percent, man. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I just think that I'm, I'm less impressed by, you know, you know, the, you know, the, the, the podcast networks and the people that you, that may come across the podcast and want to invest in it. I'm more impressed by people like Gore who organically, enjoy the content Mm -hmm. you know this is what we do it for this is why we do this every week yeah so for anyone who tunes in regularly we don't just appreciate you because you listen to the podcast we appreciate you as a human being yeah so uh thank all of you um god bless gore and his family and his wife um we're gonna go ahead and uh move on to the next topic um switching gears um snoop dogg uh had a comment recently about Cardi B, right? A lot of people are taking it out of context, but there's this is a very nuanced conversation. So let me pull up what he said specifically. So there's a video, actually. Let me see here. This doggone phone. It would freeze up right when I'm trying to look up the damn fucking. Okay, here we go. Right. Wow. It's really not there. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I just got to do it from so the top of my struggling head. struggling over there. Yeah, right? man. This shit is going off the fucking phone. Okay, here it is. Shit. 
All right. Uh, basically, Snoop Dogg, what he said is, okay, I'll read the article. Um, it's for Offset. Okay. Offset responds. Now it's just Offset. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. man. Shit. <laughs> Normally don't have these problems. Let me get right into it here. All right. Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's, uh, Stallion's epic WAP has attracted a hell of, hell of a lot of attention since debuting August this year. The explicit lyrics about wet-ass pussy and what the two artists like to do in bed drew plenty of criticism from what people who thought it was very TMI. One of those people reckon the song is a bit much is from Snoop Dogg. Um, and Snoop Dogg, the Dogfather, is no stranger to the lyrics that talk about sex and women in sexual positions. He even titled the album Doggy Style. However, he reckons Watt pushed the envelope a little too far. During the interview with Central Ave, um, the rapper said, let's have some... Let's have some, you know, privacy, some intimacy where he wants where he wants to find out as opposing to you telling him. To me, it's like it's too fashionable uh, when that is secrecy, when that is in secrecy. That should be a woman's. That's like your pride and possession. That's like your jewel. Right. So look here. I'm going to stop reading that shit because they wrote it kind of fucked up. Basically, mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg is saying that. um they should be a little more uh, discreet. Um, but unfortunately, Snoop Dogg, I rock with you and whatnot, but you just, you're dead fucking wrong here, man. I think that not all the way is he wrong. It, it makes sense. It's a lot, you know, to talk about wet ass pussy, but Snoop Dogg, you're the wrong person to be saying this. Maybe if somebody else said this shit, it would make sense, but it holds no water coming from Snoop Dogg. Absolutely none. I think that, you know, this is a guy that call women bitches and hoes and bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. This is what he does, right? Album called Doggy Style, but the truth of the matter is he's a married man with a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. So the women that are in his life personally, I think he wants them to be this angelic, like, version of what he's mentioning. But out in the world, he just calling women bitches and hoes. You can't have it your way, man. That's just not... That's just not realistic to me. I think um, part of that article, and he made a disclaimer about yeah, it's you not know, it's not saying everything. Him being young when he made a lot of those records, hundred um, percent. So with that, if you lead with that statement and then you make the statements that he made, mm-hmm. um, I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with the statement at all. Um, I guess the backlash comes from it being Snoop Dogg, right? The messenger, yeah. Um, so in that sense, it's just like. Yeah, Snoop. It, it it comes off a little, uh, um, what you would call it, like hypocritical. Yeah, hypocritical. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. It comes off a little hypocritical. Um, but at the same time, it's like if you're an OG, you have you you're you're you have the ability to grow up and you know change your opinion about certain things. So for him to be saying that, it's it's almost more valuable because he's a person that has been through all that calling women out of their name and, um, you know, having video girls and all these things. So for him to say it, um, I guess we should, we should almost listen to him more. Yeah. But I really, honestly, he's not really walking on that path. He just literally called uh freaking, uh, what's her name? Uh, Oprah's home girl. How long ago was that? Yeah. That's, that's, I don't think those situations are comparable they're not comparable but i think if you're going to make this statement you should be walking on the path where you're not calling women bitches when you get mad at them so i think there's a lot of people that call women the b-word within a certain context yeah yeah, he probably was a little bit out of line but she 
she said something and he responded to to what true she's he but said we, we, but that's also true well we also had conversations about snoop dogg he got mad when uh danny green missed the shot and called him a bitch yeah. like this is the guy who constantly does this shit i think snoop dogg would have been better served just not saying shit about it i think that when we come to this podcast there's certain things we want to talk about but we'll just take it off if mm-hmm. we if we can't really find a way to frame it properly, we just won't even talk about it. Yeah, I, and I, I just think like in this case, you know, I, I it's true what he's saying, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like at the same time, as long as men are still doing this shit, you can't say shit about Cardi being Meg the Stallion. Yeah, you know, because it does make sense what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as long as rappers, male rappers, are doing things comparable to that, nobody's gonna give a fuck. Yeah. Especially coming from Snoop, man. It just, it sucks. It says, don't kill the messenger. It's about the message, not the messenger, right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, nobody's trying to hear it. And they're also just twisting the narrative. Because he did give a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, he did give examples. He said, if he was younger, I would have been with the movement, this and that. But, you know, I'm older now and this and that. Yeah. But it's like, at the same time, is it always necessary to chime in on certain things? That's another question. Yeah. I, I guess that conversation would have been better served to just be in the privacy of your home yeah. or amongst your friends and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it just, it sucks to Snoop. You know, he's a person that, like we said, is a person that's been uh, very vocal with his disrespect of, you know, women throughout his history. So yeah, you got to wake up Keith. I don't know what's going on in that brain of yours. I'm just like Snoop. Eat. Like I'm over. I'm, I'm a little bit over. Oh, okay. Talking about Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> you need some oatmeal or something? No, I'm good. All right, cool. Well, um, we'll, we'll move on from that, man. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I just think that if you're going to be, I won't even say critical. He wasn't mm-hmm. critical of them. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to be self aware enough, and I think Snoop Dogg lacks a certain amount of self awareness. If yeah. you're going to say certain things about someone, you have to consider where you like where that opinion and where you align. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you you can't just you can't just be saying shit, man. You have to actually think. So I, I don't know. If, I think he was in the moment. He was high as a motherfucker. He was smoking a joint as he was talking. Yeah. So maybe if he was with his boys or certain people inside of the house and it wasn't somebody actually interviewing him, nobody would have said shit. Yeah. I just he, I mean, he was able to articulate himself well yeah. enough. So I don't know how much the smoking weed had to do with it. Yeah, it was but a different weed, man. The relaxed weed, sativa or some shit. That's what he was smoking. I don't know what he was smoking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, fucking but yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just I, I honestly I feel like um, this is something that is not going to matter tomorrow. 100 percent. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's not at all. Um, and uh, Cardi B's husband um, Offset responded Like saying Snoop my boy man Like mm-hmm. he cool But I don't really know If you should really be Commenting on women's business Like that Yeah You know And at the same time Like I don't subscribe To that either mm-hmm. Like I don't subscribe You shouldn't be talking About women's business Because if women If the goal is equality And we're, we're equal Then women can speak on us On certain things We can speak on them Just as human beings But You know Just don't be too Don't be too Um crucial on people you know in certain circumstances i don't really know man i I just think it's it's not a whole lot to really be mentioned and nobody's gonna give a fuck about this tomorrow (laughs) yeah that's the part that i'm struggling with because it's like all right snoop you said it you probably shouldn't have said it um and then you just like like what what like is it a deeper 
There's nothing thing deeper. In, yeah, it's just like, it's kind of like a surface level conversation. Yeah. But as far as what Offset is saying, I think he's like, like you said, he had a, uh, he has a bias take on, on this situation. Yeah. So you, you obviously have to tread lightly um, when it comes to that. And the thing about it too, Offset might actually agree with what Snoop is saying. Possibly, but yeah. he, you know, he's he's married to the woman. Yeah, so plus he, he, he plus he fucked it off on Cardi B a couple of times. Yeah, so he's very he, familiar with WAP. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely more familiar with WAP. Yeah, he's getting more than his wife's WAP. <laughs> for goddamn sure, getting a lot of WAPs. Yeah, so if he's fucked up a few times, he's gonna not only is he gonna agree with his wife, he's gonna take it to the next level. <laughs> you know, but yeah. All right, let's go and switching gears. Switching gears. Um. Stop waiting for a co-signer before you decide you like something. Yeah. I think we live in a culture of co- where, where people need a co-signer before they admit they like a song. You know, they'll they'll hear something on the radio and look at all their friends. And if their friends like it, they're like, oh, that's a cool song. Yeah. But a lot of people are not willing to step outside of, you know, something that's not popular to admit they like it. That's why we especially though we shouted out Gore at the top of the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, because we're not some huge podcast yet. Right. And for somebody to invest in something that you're doing without you having that star power, it means a lot. It means that they are an individual and independent thinker and they Mm -hmm. can think for themselves and they like what they like. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, An example of this, too, this goes beyond just, you know, clothes and, you know, just just culture in general. But like I I brought up earlier, I brought up women. Right. Um, What I notice is if. Let's say a girl starts liking a dude and they got a group. She has a group of friends and then they're like, oh, what does he look like? And then she showed the girls the picture and they're like, oh, he ain't even you could do better than that. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's almost looking for a cosigner or um, the opinions of her friends to validate her decision making. Yeah. And I noticed this shit does happen with women a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. They might like a dude. He might not be all that handsome. He might be fucking short and shit, but they like him. And then they show their friends and the girls like laughing like, "Uh uh-uh, girl, you could do better than that. They're not they're not asking how this guy makes you feel. Is he nice? Is he funny? Is he a fucking cool guy? None of that. Does he have a relationship with his dad? (laughs) (laughs) All this shit, you know, people just wait for a co-signer. And and I think that you got to stop doing that shit. You got to be able to think for yourself, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that that bothers me the most about um, society is because it's it's one of those things. And, and like we're, we're speaking about it from an artistic standpoint, from a podcasting standpoint. So when we're when we're talking about it, you know, we and we mentioned before how we'll gravitate to an artist strictly based on the art. Right, you know, we're 100%. not concerned about how many plays a person has or you know how many views a video has or whatever right. the case may be a lot of the stuff that we see that's like blown up now we were not the first ones because you know yeah. i'm not i'm not the super deep dive musician or right. or music person anymore yeah. like the the person that's just doing freaking uh wormholes through yeah. youtube or whatever to find the, the the newest hottest people but we do catch a lot of stuff early on and, you know, we, Eddie and me, we, we, we usually have conversations like, you know, I know this person is going to be huge one day. Like we was bumping Gambino way like 2010. Yeah. Um, yeah. And certain artists, uh, 
like guys like J. Cole and all these guys are the biggest artists in the world now. Yeah. And we were early on to a lot of these people. And yeah. it was just strictly based off the music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the relatability that Wiz we Khalifa. Found. Wiz Khalifa also. He's he was doing him, YouTube like freestyles and smoking yeah. weed and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was I was introduced to him by one of my cousins. Yeah. So it's just like when you look at things like that, I think if if people moved more like that, I think it would be more uh, objectively great things in the world. 100%. I think more people would get their flowers. Yeah. Because what happens is, is this is what really upsets me. What upsets me, especially when someone has talent in, in something, whether it's sports or, or music, whatever it is, and they don't really get like much recognition, mm-hmm. and then they pass away, and people be like, yo, they was really dope. Yeah. It's like, I don't want that dead love, man. I don't, I don't want you loving me extra when I'm not here. It's like, can you appreciate me while I'm here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's certain people that I know that I'm blessed and thankful that uh, I appreciate them while they're here. I, I just uh, inboxed my man, Jason, the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. Jason Sutton. Shout out to Jason, man. Shout I did, to I did something just told someone was on my heart last night. Yeah. Just to message him and tell him, like, hey, man, I just want to let you know I'm proud of you, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you've held down a business. You know, he's a personal trainer. He's been, he's held down a whole business for, fuck, what, seven years? At least seven years, I think That's it's been dope. now. Yeah. Six, six, seven years he's been having his own facility. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do. So mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I let him know that I was proud of him. Yeah. You know, um, that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't be afraid to step out and let people know how you feel, especially when you're proud of them. Don't, yeah. sit, don't sit back and don't say nothing and be like, yeah, I would tell them that I'm proud of them, but, you know, they ain't made it yet. I think I think one thing that the people that are holding that in, they have to look at themselves. Right. They have to look at themselves and see if they're secure with what they're doing or how they're moving. Yeah. So if you if you somebody in the same field, like maybe you make music and you feel like you're talented, but you also not get enough credit. um, It may be a little bit more difficult in that position to say, like, yo, reach out to whatever rapper in your city and be like, yo, your album was dope. Like, yeah. you know, or your, that's that single you dropped was amazing, man. Like keep going because you feel like you're supposed to be in that position. hundred percent. You you feel like that, that act, those accolades and that's those streaming numbers or whatever should be yours. So for those people that's holding that in, you, and you may like feel, and it may feel difficult to get that stuff out. You got to look within yourself to see why yeah. you can't say, say those things out loud. Yeah, man. Yeah, I just ultimately I, I just I don't really understand the, the the psychology behind people that wait for someone to ascend in whatever career mm-hmm. path or what they're doing. Like if there's a person that let's say there's a person that was a complete fuck up in school, right? They they couldn't stay in school, they kept getting kicked out, but then they finally stayed in and they got their college degree. And it took them to do that before you gave them credit. Like, first of all, I don't need to wait for you to get your college degree to tell you you're doing a good job. Yeah. All I need to see is you went back to school and you working. I'm going to stop you right in your tracks. Hey, man, you're doing a great job. Keep it up, man. Yeah. You know, I know how hard it's been for you. Congratulations, man. Keep going. You know, yeah. you don't need to fucking wait till somebody. It's 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 really fake, too. Yeah. Because I know I know what's going to happen in the coming years. Once we reach the apex of where of success in our field, mm-hmm. there's gonna be a man. I've been listening to y'all for years, man. I know y'all was gonna do it, and it's like ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I know a lot of you motherfuckers were fronting on us. I know yeah. that much. Yeah, a lot of the love we get, and this is not in no way, shape, or form is is uh, to shit on anybody in Bakersfield. We get a lot of love out here, so thank y'all for tuning in. But some of the most genuine love we be getting is not even from here. Mm-hmm. That shit be in the Brooklyn and the Bronx, fucking. 
uh, you know, out there in Van Nuys and Sacramento and all yeah. over the place. People that don't know us at all. That's how you know the love is real. Mm-hmm. When you getting love from people that's not even near your ass. Mm-hmm. That's when it's like, yo. Yeah. Yeah. I think we uh, we talked about it and it's not a real topic, but that idea of like, there's a lot of people also that complain about their city not supporting them or like there you people, go. their friends or whatever not supporting right. them. Um, and to, to that, I would say, um, just keep your head down and make the best content possible. Yeah. Cause it, in reality, it won't matter. Like if your city supports you or not, if you got people, like I said, in Van Nuys, people in Brooklyn, people Mm -hmm. in, in Los Angeles and all these different sections, Fresno, Sacramento, and all these different places, they don't, the, the, your city going to come around. Because okay. we just talked, I mean, the reason we talked about the previous topic is because people are followers, right? Yeah, right. So if the whole world is are, is rocking with you and then only for us, it would be Bakersfield. Only Bakersfield is not. Eventually, they're going to have to jump on the train because the yeah. train is taking off. 100%. Yeah, I just think that, you know, you can't really help. You can't really control who's going to support you, right? Yeah. And I don't think you should even try to. You just put the content out and let the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. Um but at the end of the day, don't please don't act like you ever gave a fuck. Yeah. You know, and it, it usually what it takes sometimes it takes some uh, some big action to take place. Mm-hmm. Right. It's almost like it's almost like the person. I don't really know how to explain it. You get more value to some people once you uh, uh, attain something. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not trying to shit on women, but this this has happened before. Um to a lot of men where you try to get with this girl. She didn't like you. And you're like, all right, that's fine. Then you meet some other girl, right? You like her. And then you guys get in a relationship or you're talking. And all of a sudden that girl comes back. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Because now for some reason you've became more valuable, I guess. Yeah. So it's like, it took me to get a girlfriend for you to be interested in me. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. It took me to get married. Like, yeah, that shit's weird. And it happens. I'm a, uh, <laughs> I don't want to throw no names out there, but I was talking to this artist yeah. and he was talking about how he was like basically saying like he's been on a mission to, uh, like J. Cole says, I've been on a mission hit to hit all the girls I missed out on. But like in his, not, I'm not talking about J. Cole, but yeah. this artist in particular was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, when I, when I go back to my hometown, I'm a call up such and such from high school. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't mess with me back then, but now that I'm doing things mm-hmm. like I'm a, I'm a, uh, tap in with her. And that's, that's just the name of the game. Like your status right. yeah. uh, is, is extremely valuable. Yeah. And you could be the same person, look the same. Yeah. You may be even, uh, you may have even looked a little better back in the day than you do now currently. And yeah. they still be like. But it's an <clears> excuse, <throat> though. I'm, I'm Look, I'm just going to be honest here. This is going to sound really fucked up, what I'm about to say. But if Post Malone wasn't Post Malone, but he still looked exactly like this Post Malone, do you think that there's going to be a bunch of like mm-hmm. chicks like oh my god i love him oh my god post oh my god the tattoos all over your face i fucking love you oh my god post in my pussy <laughs> <laughs> he won't come with that long note oh i've fallen Paul. I, lo- I love posting alone by the way mm-hmm. but I-, I just think that um yeah status a lot mm-hmm. of people are attracted to status yeah. And what I mean, attracted to status, I'm not talking about like women, but talking about people in general. Yeah. Once your status rises, now they feel okay with saying, oh, okay, this guy's doing his thing. There was a, a girl from Bakersfield, I think, 
I don't know the full story, but uh, something happened where like Roddy Rich was trying to holler at her. Wow. And this is before he was yeah. like mixtapes and yeah. know, the box and all this. You trying to get in the box? He was trying to get in the box. Trying to get up in the box. (laughs) Trying to get a lick in the box. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But he's trying to holler at her. And uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but I imagine she didn't give him the time of day. Um, And then, you know, she missed out. Yeah, she missed out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then then he probably made a song about her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Girl, try to get me, but you can't (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a trip. Mm -hmm. It is what it is, though, man. I, I just think at the end of the day, I, what I've learned is I don't front on nobody. Yeah. I'm real quick to like uh, see the value in a person instead of seeing a status. Yeah. I, this is, I've never been like that though. Yeah, me neither. So I, I don't I don't think that really pertains to a person like mm-hmm. me. I'm just yeah yeah but yeah. There's that. All right. Uh, switching gears. Um, recently, a Shaq tried to shoot a shot at Made the Stallion. Um, this is not something we really talk about on here because mm-hmm. this is some trendy. Um, bullshit. But I just think it's funny, just based on how people um reacted to it. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, she a grown woman. That's a grown man. Jeez, this phone, dude. I swear, you just got a new one, didn't you? Yeah, I just got this one. It's a it's a new phone, but it's mm-hmm. just it's so different from the other one. It fuck it throws me off. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got it. All right. Uh, Shaq shoots his shot. Shaquille O'Neal is yet another male celebrity who has shown interest in 25-year-old Houston rapper Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> During Megan's Instagram Live on Wednesday, the rapper twerked on her song called Song Cry Baby featuring the baby and debuted a new move I learned from my New Orleans friend that has turned into another social media dance challenge. Uh, the 48-year-old NBA basketball legend was watching the session and left a risque comment. Session. Yeah, yeah, risque. Yeah. He said, uh, uh, left a risque comment watching that booty, he wrote. Shaq's son, Sharif O'Neal, took notice and hilariously reacted to his father's comment on a TikTok video with the caption, I feel you, pops. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Okay, let me be clear when I say this, right? Um, was that, a, was that a thirsty comment? Of course. But here's the problem. You got to stop looking at men as thirsty, Right. You got to stop it. Was Shaq being thirsty? Yeah. But Megan Thee Stallion was being thirsty also. For attention. She was thirsting for attention. She was twerking for attention. And for, let's be clear. I'm a heterosexual male. When I see Megan Thee Stallion clapping her cheeks on Instagram, yeah. I'm just like, and when I don't follow her, I, I, I don't follow her purposely for that reason. I feel like looking at all that ass is a distraction. Yeah, <laughs> I also feel like what I what I've noticed. This is like a low key tangent, but what I've noticed, like I looked uh, when Ashanti was doing a versus, I looked at her Instagram page, mm-hmm. and I was like, dang, if you scrolled through her Instagram, you wouldn't even know she was a singer. Oh, Ashanti, yeah, of course, she's just in her bikini and posing, and all these just like different pages, and there's a bunch of other people like that. Um, I would, I'm like, yo, like if you are whatever you claim you are in your bio then I think that's what should be on your Instagram. I, I never understood, like, Megan Thee Stallion, if you, were, if you were an alien and you came to Earth and you scrolled through her Instagram, you would think she was a professional twerker or yeah. a stripper or something. An alien twerker. Yeah. <laughs> Earthlings, I came here to twerk. <laughs> Earthlings, is that what you call a fat ass? <laughs> <laughs> Give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a trip, man. Yeah, but you know, my thing is, is I, 
they're both grown adults. And I think Shaq got kind of, they kind of shitted on him. Some people like, oh, he's thirsty. Look at the disrespect. Another man writing these bad, these nasty comments. Something like, why, you have to stop recognizing one person and ignoring the other. Yeah. You, you, you have to, if you give a response, more than likely you will get one back. Right? Yeah. And if the response is a big brown ass, you're going to get a response from it. Yeah. Because Megan Thee Stallion got a real nice body, dude. But I'm the type of guy that's not going to say anything in the comment section. I'm not going to do that. There's the, the, the crazy thing is people may be mad at Shaq or calling him thirsty or uh, whatever the case may be. But um, that's what that's what Meg Thee Stallion wanted. She wanted right. people to write those comments. That's why she's posting on Instagram. Well, I don't know. Because, see, here's the problem. They're going to twist your words and say, men, men need to stop talking for us. She was just she was just having fun. She didn't want those comments. You know how it is. Extremely. You can turn off your comments. It, ooh, that's ooh, that's facts. Yeah, that's facts. That's facts. Can't argue with the facts. <laughs> All right, Mr. Keith, <laughs> Mr. Keith, facts fingers. <laughs> Dick or facts. Oh, yeah. Keith just put his coat on after he said that, too. He's like, nigga, I'm too cold. I put the sweater or the jacket on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is what Made the Stallion does. And I, for some reason, here's the thing, right? Regardless of how nice and how good uh, her body is, people are just too impressed with her twerking. It's really annoying. Yeah. Like it's not a skill. It's not a college degree. Well, I'll take yeah. that back. It, it, it's kind of a skill. The way she be shaking that ass. That's, <laughs> I am seeing and twerking like that. That's a, that, yeah. That's that's. She might be an alien. She might be an alien with the way she twerks. Yeah. yeah that's that's not on. Um, that's not a uh, humanly possible. It's like mm. an athletic twerk the way she does it. Yeah. Like you could tell she works out and does shit. She doing all that, but can't take no dick. Oh no! <laughs> just, <laughs> are you crazy? Yeah. No, that's what uh, what's his face? Freaking Tory Lane. Tory Lane short yeah. ass said that was corny. You you don't need to you don't need to um talk about what a woman can do in bed. That's corny. I don't I don't I don't I don't subscribe to that. He just need, like that guy needs to just shut the fuck you know, up. You know how we speak about like um if we dealt with a person in the past and we fell out. There's no reason to even follow what no, they're doing. No, I'm not going to disrespect the woman that I used to deal with at yeah. all. Just, just move on and shut, yeah, shut you your can, fucking mouth. Yeah. Of course, like it's social media, different things pop up. But there's a way of not seeing what someone's doing. One million percent. I don't follow uh, Meg Thee Stallion, so I don't see the twerk videos. The I only time I seen it was when Shaq commented on it and it kind of like was a, a, a thing in the news but i see her on the explore page it pops up but then I yeah, yeah but i'm saying if you, even if that if you didn't want to see it like i don't go to the explore page like i rarely do if i'm mm-hmm. searching for something and then something just catch my eye i might scroll through for a second mm-hmm. and i'm like what am i doing here and then Same you, just, here. you just go to do what you were doing or you mm-hmm. close the app but there's a way for tory lanes not to be um even on uh for Meg the Stallion not to even be on his radar at all especially yeah. with the shit that's going on you got an investigation of you possibly shooting Meg the Stallion yeah. and you got the nerve to say that she can't take dick yeah that's and was that supposed to be an insult there's gonna be a nigga in prison that's gonna tell yeah. you the same thing yeah but, the, <laughs> but no I'm just trying to think is that supposed to be an insult I yeah uh, I guess it's like a it's a it's like this uh like a, I won't call it misogynistic, but it like is a pretty hyper. Mis- it is pretty misogynistic. Yeah, it's like a hyper masculinity statement. Like you basically saying I got too much dick for her. Yeah, but still uh-huh. at the same time you just need to shut the fuck up. But that's those those kind of terms. Like we we kind of uh, 
I guess, grow to learn as, right. as men. Right, 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 right. Like, that's a conversation people have. Yeah, that's just Like, corny. oh, she cool, she thick, but she can't take no dick. Or she she fire, she look cool, but she can't take no... Like, that's a conversation niggas be having. Yeah. It's corny and it's dumb. Have you... First of all, I don't want to get too deep into it, but, like, first of all, have you not considered that the, the vagina to penis ratio might be off? <laughs> Some women don't have small vaginas. Yeah. Just because Meg Thee Stallion is that big doesn't mean she got a big vagina. Yeah. So it's like, yo, you, you just you doing too much. And he might be a fucking smurf, right? He might be a little dude. But what if this guy's got a fucking billy club in his pants? A billy club. You never know, man. Yeah. He might be five three, but his dick is too. Who knows? <laughs> this motherfucker's talking bad about Meg the Stallion. Yeah. Yeah, that was corny though, man. You just gotta you gotta stop talking bad about women. Once mm-hmm. you if whatever the case, just shut the fuck up, man. Yeah. That's why a lot of women get mad at us. Um, well not me, but because dudes always be talking. Just talk too much. Too huh? much. Yeah. You just talking too much, man. You know what happens? Some people like it. It like they can't hold water. Yeah. So it, it genuinely like hurts them when they can't express right. something that happened. Like yeah. I'm sure he want to tell the world, like, yeah, I had her bent over, I had her doing all this, I had yeah. her leg up and all this, but he can't say it. So like he got to sneak little jabs here and in stupid. here in there. I guess yeah. I mean I guess that's what makes him feel good about himself because he's already fucking five foot three. Yeah, yeah. So you know I'm not trying to height shame though. So let me, <laughs> let me stop. Mm-hmm. I'm six foot two by the way. This <laughs> <laughs> nigga's like tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> Tory Lanez look like a chicken nugget. Yes, <laughs> chicken nugget with a fucked up hairline. <laughs> oh man! All right, switching gears. Um. Obviously, right now we're going through a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. We're going through a pandemic, and um, a lot of shit's getting stopped. You know, a lot of things, businesses, a lot of establishments are closing earlier, um, and things of that nature. Um, and a lot of people are being like, "Oh my God, don't touch me! Stay six foot back!" And you know, they're really scared to be around people. A lot of people are staying in the house. Some people have become fucking hermits since this quarantine just went on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest fear that I have also, it's not so much a fear, a bigger fear that I do have, though, um, in regards to the quarantine is the pandemic that's going to happen after this shit is over. Mm-hmm. And that is antisocial behavior. Right. I don't think it's normal to purposely not shake hands and, pur- and, and not give hugs and not show compassion and mm-hmm. not show love to people. Right. I think you still should do it. I just think you should do it with people that you really rock with. Yeah. Like if it's your family, hug them, give mm-hmm. them a kiss, shake hands, show people love. Because what's going to happen is, is once this shit's over, you're going to retain the antisocial behaviors. Mm-hmm. That's going to ruin us, man. You can't you can't subscribe to it too much. I'm not saying it's a fake virus. Or it's obviously a real virus. People are dying, but people are also recovering. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to let this shit infiltrate your brain so much that you turn into that bubble person. Yeah. Stay out of my bubble. Oh my God, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you start sounding like that fucking make the sound an alien. Like, yeah. Uh, Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me twerk for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, um, especially how long this has gone on. And that, mm-hmm. like you said, there are a lot of people that are super strict with. The way they move. There's some people that you know haven't been able to see certain relatives, seeing their their family and stuff like that. I know some people spent 
like certain uh like thanksgiving like a zoom thanksgiving almost like they weren't able to like really spend time with their yeah, family and travel and stuff like that um i, I wouldn't even call it ridiculous because yeah. there are some people that have real yeah. underlying health conditions right 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 That's um true. but it just it's just one of those things and like you said this has been going on since march so the more and more and more this goes on the more and more it becomes normal like yeah and you almost lose you lose certain things and then there's people that are growing up in this you know what i mean there's kids that are like Little three kids. or four or five years old that are like yeah. growing up and this is like them finally um their brain developing and then finally getting real memories right now oh man um, that shit that but sucks. it's just crazy even even as much as like um your facial expressions is mm. something that we we miss a lot especially oh, when you're out man. in public yeah like i was telling the story when uh i was on this on this elevator and there was like four people and all of them were like talking to me right and i didn't know you who didn't know was who talking was. yeah at a certain point so it's just one of those things like i i don't you know it's 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 so much like body language is so important facial expressions right um, just looking at people and then looking at their mouth as part of us, like, you know, understanding or communicating now, with one another. Now so you can only wonder what that mouth do. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting on a response. No, man, I, I think um, that, that was a really big one, too. The mm -hmm. um, the expressions of people's faces. And mm -hmm. this is a de developmental age, I guess you could say, for a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. So they're they're missing a lot of this shit. Yeah. Um, with me, though, since we've lived enough life, we look at it a little differently. Mm -hmm. I think I've learned to appreciate people a lot more. Or, I, you know, what? I think I've learned to appreciate um, certain things about women more with this whole mask thing. Mm -hmm. Like you start to look at them and be like, oh, she has nice hair. Yeah. Oh, she has really. A lot of times you can tell women are beautiful just looking at their eyes and their hair. You don't mm -hmm. even need to look at their face. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. So you start to appreciate um, the the the. The the regular stuff. You're not mm -hmm. just looking at TNA all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed that. That's cool. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. um, and Oof. then I and then I immediately start looking at tits again. Right. Eyes <laughs> <laughs> is cool, but I want to see that ass. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. I don't. I think that this whole new normal conversation. I don't think we should embrace it too much. I yeah. think that it, it's temporary. Right. It's not something you should adopt long term. Cause it's going to start. If you think that social interaction is bad now, right? Imagine after this fucking pandemic, people yeah. are still going to think there's a virus out there. Even, even, yeah, that, um, even like these, uh, zoom meetings, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people are, uh, um, most, it primarily happens when it's like, I, for me, I know a lot of people have met with me in person, but mm -hmm. I do know like some people will be like, yo, I've been, around this person and this person and they caught it. So I'm going to just do a zoom meeting or something like that. But even the zoom meetings are like, they, they just don't, they don't feel the same as uh -uh. like really, you know, feeling somebody's energy in person. No, not mm -hmm. at all. I, it, this, it is a lack of energy. Actually. Mm -hmm. I think that you, you, seeing a person's body language is a huge part of human interaction. Mm -hmm. I think that like, just everything, knowing mm -hmm. when you've you've went or you've crossed the line, mm -hmm. you know, certain people will, you know, drop their shoulders or have certain facial mannerisms that tell you, hey, like, mm -hmm. you know, they're mad or oh, they're happy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's harder for people to communicate. Yeah. You're missing out on that. I think that I wonder I wonder how um, how hard it is to meet new people right now. There's certain people who are like are like extroverts that mm -hmm. are probably having a very fucking hard time. 
Yeah. Because they constantly, they usually, they're always at, you know, bars and concerts and all these places. But a lot of those places are closed. So like a person who's extroverted, now they have to be alone with their thoughts. And a lot of people who are always needing to be out, they hate being home. They have to, they have to do something. A lot of people hate themselves. Yeah, a lot of people do. A lot of people do be hating themselves, though. Yeah, they do. But that, but that's the thing. Like, and you know, I don't want to get too far away from the topic. Yeah. But when we when we talk about, uh, we said this before. Um, you, you, uh, you. I guess my idea is like you don't want to be scared of yourself because I think there a lot go. of times people try to find find distractions, and sometimes that distraction can be alcohol. And sometimes that distraction can be going to. Um, you said distraction. Yeah, sometimes that distraction can be getting dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> some some I, that's a real thing, though. I feel like there's some some women probably that they don't want to sit with their thoughts, so they're constantly searching for like the guy to come over and please them. But it happens in many facets. There's probably like. Uh, concert goer that's constantly going to yes. different things and they need that rush and yeah yeah and they need that loud music and stuff like that because you yeah. know when it's when it's quiet it's like yeah it's hard. i think i've embodied two two things the introvert and extrovert where i don't mind staying inside i don't mind going out that's mm-hmm. how i look at it i don't look for excuses to go out i don't look for excuses to stay in mm-hmm. but i'm game for either one mm-hmm. i think that when you when you're a person that um can be alone with your thoughts and you don't have to constantly use things as an outlet, then you're winning in this quarantine. Mm-hmm. Me and Keith have been creating content every week. Mm-hmm. Keith has still been, you know, he's making a fucking documentary right now. Yeah. 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 So it's like this shit never phased guys like us. We like literally we're we would be doing the same thing if everything was open. The yeah. same exact shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh what's happening to a lot of people is they've they've either accepted the new normal thing and they're inside, they're fucking uh turn turned into hermits because they're afraid. And I mean you can't be afraid your whole life, man. You you know what happened? I met with this guy um in during the meeting, he had his mask on the whole time. Really? Which is which is fine. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. gotta protect yourself, but it made me anxious a little bit. Yeah. Like, yo, why you got your mask on in here? Yeah. You know I mean? Like, I don't, I don't got nothing. Um, but wow. it, just, it just, it had like almost a reverse effect. Because normally you would, you would think you would feel more safe with a mask on, but yeah. he had his mask on and it made me feel more like worried about Bruh, meeting. I am not, I keep, I don't, I keep my mask off as much as possible on yeah. purpose because mm-hmm. I just won't accept the fact that I'm walking around. It, it could get to a point where the next five years, motherfuckers are still walking around with masks. I will not have one on. Mm-hmm. I will not have one on. I will, out of respect for people, I put it on, mm-hmm. right? I know the virus is real. I don't want to just walk into it. And I have a father that, you know, has the underlying health conditions. So I don't want to, you know, fuck him up with the virus. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you have to. You can't live your whole life being scared of shit. Yeah. If I get the shit, I get it. And the fucked up thing is, I probably already had it. Yeah. Most of us, the same people that are scared, you probably had the coronavirus. Probably had it twice already. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing. You can't live your life scared because, um, you ha- you have so much to do. I mean, your time is short, but you you can do so much with your life. You could literally do, or not literally, but you could do almost anything you want to do in this in this short span of your life. So a lot of people have taken nine, eight, nine months 
away from accomplishing the things they wanted to accomplish just because they were scared of a virus. Yeah. And it's like, it's like you were saying, like, why wouldn't you want to go out doing what you love doing? 100%. Like, if I, like you're saying, if I, Lord willing, I'm, you know, stay healthy. But if I did happen to catch COVID due to filming or something like that, I would be like, well, that's yeah, it. That's what I, that's what I love doing or podcasting or whatever the case. Yeah. Man, I, I didn't want a podcast and that'd be pretty awkward. But mm-hmm. I know that it, it's something that um, you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, you, you, in in the name of content, I don't mm-hmm. mind getting freaking mm-hmm. COVID, man. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Um, but would yeah. you risk getting COVID for some punani? I certainly would. <laughs> I certainly would. 100%, man. A lot of people are, look, a lot of people are still, nobody's like going celibate intentionally. Yeah. Like people are still fucking, dude. Nobody's going to stop fucking because of COVID. Nobody's yeah. going to, yeah, nobody's going to stop. Mm-hmm. I bet you those day naps are going crazy probably right now. At yeah. first, they probably slowed down, but I bet you the traffic is heavy on there. I'm at it again, but I sometimes, and this may sound a little weird, sometimes I just want to dip in to see what's going on. Not uh-huh. to like be swiping, but just to see like, like what's the, like, like you saying, like, do people still be on there? Is it still right. active? Like, yeah. who? Right, you, you better stop talking, man. Your girlfriend's going to hear this. No, I mean, <laughs> I say everything on this podcast knowing that she possibly can listen. Right. So, I yeah. You. I hear you. Nah, um, yeah, I, I haven't been on none of that shit, man. I just mm-hmm. take my chances out in the world. I just yeah. think those day naps are terrible, terrible, mm-hmm. terrible, terrible things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very bad place to be. <laughs> Sound like Donald Trump. Very, very <laughs> horrible place. Yeah. Very fine people there. <laughs> All right. Switching gears. Um, a pastor... Uh, a pastor who bought a 3.9, well, he got $3.9 million. You know, P- this is kind of a, huh? going back to what we were talking about before. You know what would be funny? If they had like a Tinder Hall of Fame and they had like, <laughs> they had pictures of like dudes that like smacked the, like the most females on there. It'd be like Jared. Jared had slayed 1,000 women from Tinder. <laughs> There's some dudes that are probably going nuts on that thing. Yeah. They're probably messing with like two girls a week. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing though, man. Mm-hmm. That that Tinder shit is really, it's bad because you're going to end up messing with someone that is being passed around. Yeah. And that, that's not. That's Especially the, in a bigger city. Yeah. Being like a LA or New oh, York. God. Yeah. A person in LA could literally, this is man or woman, they could be the biggest whore ever. Because it's such a big city that they could fuck five, ten different people and no one's going to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to know. You're not going to have anything around. So if you if people are dating in a big city, they're meeting people in especially L.A. One you, day you could sleep with a professor. The next day you could sleep with a rapper. Yeah. Next crazy. day an actor. Next day yeah. a producer. Oh, yeah. Any, I'm telling you, dude, any chick that's probably living in the L.A. area or whatever, the way they're dating, dude. Unless they have some form of morals, mm-hmm. they could literally do anything they wanted without any judgment. Yeah. Like, and you know, that could be bad because if you're out there like that, somebody's got some shit. Yeah. Somebody's got something. More than COVID. More yeah, they got. More than COVID. Yeah, they got fucking COVID 69, man. <laughs> Where the fuck is this? The PPP loan guy. All right. Jeez, man, this is annoying. Yeah, this uh, this is different, man. This phone, it like when you look for certain shit, it takes it off. Let's see, pastor, pastor, PPP loan. It's other pastors that did some bullshit. 
Mm-hmm. Jeez, man. Oh my goodness. What the hell, dude? Yeah. Well, to make a long story short, I started talking about this before, you know, you guys fucking get bored out of your mind trying to listen to me find this shit. Basically, a pastor, once the COVID hit, mm-hmm. uh, he applied for a PPP loan, which is the Paycheck Protection Program, mm-hmm. and it takes care of employees. So if they, uh, you know, it, it's so they could continue to pay um, their employees mm-hmm. if they basically, um, once everything shuts down. So to make a long story short, a pastor took got $3.9 million in PPP loans yeah. or PPP loan and went and bought a private jet. <laughs> so it's like, dude, the, the question is this. Why have people turned church into a massive business? They already they don't pay taxes, right? Uh, it's considered I don't know what it's considered. A five hundred one three C. Yeah, it's almost like fucking Amazon. No, Amazon <laughs> is a for profit business. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean in in the, in the way in that terms they don't of not paying taxes. Yeah, in yeah. terms of not paying taxes. Yeah. So yeah, this this is weird. Mm-hmm. What's your take, man? I'm gonna be looking for this shit right now. Uh, I I just feel like like you said it's it's unfortunate. I feel like we hold um, churches like the sacred space and right. obviously we're human beings. So we sin, but there's a certain level of a, like a certain thing. We, we just hold church to a higher standard than the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to be, like you said, like, you know, sin, sinning is sinning, but there's just certain things that pastors should not ever get caught doing. And one of those is like sleeping with the congregation. And another one of those is like utilizing church funds to fund your lifestyle. And that's the thing, like that's pretty much all people care for. All the other stuff is like, whatever. You never going to make the the news if you like stub your toe and you might cuss or something like that. Yeah. But if you stealing from the church, if you sleeping with the congregation, then all hell is going to break loose. All right, literally. Yeah. So, but yeah, with him, like the thing that is annoying too is uh, like I was, I said this like a long, long time ago, but there are people, their, their business is closing every single day right? because they couldn't afford to stay, like to keep their uh, employees or, they stopped making money or their overhead got too much, like it was too expensive and they weren't even afforded the, the, uh, the PPP loans. But there are certain people like this pastor that's out here that didn't utilize the funds in the correct way and buying private jets unnecessarily. You don't need no freaking private jet nah. as a pastor. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. just unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Here's the article. Marcus Lamb's Daystar TV pays Back 3.9 million PPP loan after Inside Edition investigates church's jet purchase. Uh, it says uh, Marcus Lamb is the charismatic leader of one of the one of the world's largest religious networks, Daystar Television, which is also a very prosperous tax exempt church. Uh, Lamb lives a lives a life of luxury and owns a huge mansion with a beautiful pool. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit, Lamb's Daystar TV applied for the government's paycheck protection program to help pay employees salaries they received 3.9 million dollars uh inside edition has learned that just two weeks after being approved for the millions of dollars in taxpayer funds the church bought a private jet a multi-million dollar 1997 Gulfstream v the luxury aircraft uh which lamb says they got for less than half the market value <laughs> holds up to 14 passengers uh lamb says daystar was able to buy the jet with proceeds from the investments and the jet and the sale of its old jet, not by using government PPP money. 
Lamb says he uses the jet for ministry purposes, but is that is that always the case? Okay, look, man. Isn't there a picture of him golfing or something like, like that? Like, dude, you don't need the jet, man. Yeah. You don't need a jet, man. And these people are like these whole televangelist type people too, they'd be like, and the Lord said I needed a jet. So I got on a jet. <laughs> the Lord gave me a jet. You'd be like, man, if you don't shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Daystar is uh Tory Lane's name. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It just I don't know, dude. I, I just think that at the end of the day, uh, you could play with everybody, right? You could play with people. You could fool the congregation. You could fool whoever, but you can't fool God. There's two things you can't play. You can't play boxing. You can't play God. Yeah, you surely can't. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You can't play with God. At the end of the day, you can keep lying to people and making people believe that you know, you know, the God got me this jet because I gave my this life. Jet to, I, I gave <laughs> Lord gave me this jet because I dedicated myself to the congregation. Nah, why do pastors do that shit? Can't you just talk normal? We don't walk around talking. Where where did that come from? Oh, man. I what just, is a jet tie? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Imagine one of these pastors cheats on their wife. Yeah. They'd be like, yes, uh, this is good. Uh, <laughs> please don't tell my wife. Uh, this adulterated pussy is good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are weirdos, man. These televangelists. You ever been watching TV and like, Three, four in the morning. All mm. of a sudden, those televangelists come up, and it was just, trying to sell you some. Yeah, yeah, trying to sell you holy water in a little mm. squeeze bottle. Yeah, and it's like ninety dollars. You be yeah. like, so who priced this shit? J Cole had that skit on his album where the, uh, it was like the BT pastor was selling holy water or whatever, Bruh, And it'd be expensive too. Mm-hmm. For only ninety dollars, <laughs> you could get water blessed by the Lord. <laughs> yeah, call me now. To get 20% off, It'd buy one bottle, get the other one half <laughs> off. You be like, come straight on. Straight arrowhead water in there. Yeah, man. dude. You put fucking spring water in there. You <laughs> trying to sell that shit, man. That ain't right, dude. Yeah. That ain't right. I don't I don't like big business churches. Mm-hmm. And like people walk up and it's like, I don't got nothing against certain guys. Like, I feel like at least I get something from like a TD Jakes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love TD Jakes. But it's still like. Yo, I've never seen anybody in my life sweat more than T.D. Jakes, bro. Hey. <laughs> Yo. That nigga be sweating through the suit. No, it's probably some... Have you ever seen the um, like the college coaches? Yeah. And it'd be some that'd be so passionate, they sweat through like the whole suit. Man. Yeah, that's the T.D. Jakes, T. Jakes vibes. T.D. Jakes, I think he T.D. Jakes has to be probably an honest person because if they put him in a lie detector test, he would fail just from all the sweat coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I think he sweats so much because of how loud he talks. <laughs> it's just hot air, just yeah. He be right, and his court. mouth is always right on the mic. Like, and the law came together, the Jews. Yeah, people came in the church to tell me all that. He's like, whoa, man, <laughs> this guy's fucking sweating. Yeah, I got a lot of respect for TD Jakes though, because he's like, he. I think he's doing business and being a pastor the right way. Yeah. Like he has his own production company. He has right. his own books and stuff like that. So he's making money outside of the church. He's not one of those people that's just like popping up with freaking jets and stuff and PPP loans and yeah. all this kind of stuff. If TDJ starts selling fucking holy water, I'd be like, all right, man. Yeah. All right, bro. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Yeah. I, I just think that you can't play with God, man. You got to cut that out. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, and, and the way that these big churches are able to, to, make money off the congregation these super church these mega churches that yeah that's the, the saddest thing for me is that 
there is an employee, uh, not employee, there's a church goer in there, mm-hmm. um, a member of that church that is extremely poor. Mm-hmm. They probably scrambling for, you know, some food to eat tonight. And meanwhile, the pastor is spending millions of dollars on a private jet. Yeah. I, you know, you know how like towards the end of church <clears throat> service, they say, anybody want to come up here and say a prayer? Come up here to the front of the church. Right. Yeah. So they probably come up to the front of the church and they'll be like and they'll do like, what they call it, the little testimony. Mm-hmm. They're like, I just want to want the church to pray for me. I'm going through some financial troubles right now mm-hmm. and I'm just praying to pull through. And the, and the pastor will be like, hopefully you figure it out. Because <laughs> I ain't giving you nothing. <laughs> yeah. It just I think I think I outside of anything if i was a pastor i would just try to maintain a humble life for the the fact that people can see yeah, like the things 100%. that you're purchasing like there's a, in your in your parking spot is right in front of the church so if you pulling up in a freaking ferrari freaking maserati yeah it just yeah. looks bad so yeah. for me i would be like bro just you know, get you a little Toyota. You can get the newest model every single year, right. and you can even have a nice house. But just don't. It's almost like bragging or like yeah. flaunting in front of the congregation. Can you imagine how these pastors order food from McDonald's? <laughs> Let me get a McRib, <laughs> two for five dollars. <laughs> Let me get a large fry. <laughs> Because the Lord said so. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Switching gears. Um, a woman returned a ring because it was too cheap. Um, that's very ungrateful, man. Very bad news. Let me pull the article up right now. Um, let me see here. All right. Um, woman returns 3k engagement ring because it was too cheap. So it's a $3,000 ring. Um, that's a lot of money. It's still, it's still a good amount of money for, you know, average. 3k or three carat. Three, it says 3k. So maybe three carat. I don't yeah, know. What I the think fuck. that says three carat, but it has a dollar sign there. So it must be oh, well, $3,000 $3, ring. Oh, okay. Um, it seems the rules for how much to spend on an engagement ring aren't dead yet. At least to some, a woman reportedly <laughs> returned her engagement ring to her partner because it didn't cost 10% of his salary. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, that's not very uh, financially smart. It didn't cost 10% of yeah, his salary? fucking nuts, man. That's crazy. Yeah, you sound like you fucking work for Walmart or something. All right. The, <laughs> the, the ring, which is made of white gold with diamonds and sapphire, cost a man about $3,000. However, he allegedly makes enough that if he followed the 10% rule... Which says he should spend one tenth of his salary on an engagement ring. He should have spent between ten thousand and fifteen thousand uh, dollars. The man posted about his dilemma, huh? So you're making good money. Yeah, but hold up. The man posted about his dilemma on Reddit. Uh, Reddit's am I an asshole forum, That's asking funny. if he had done the wrong thing by spending only three thousand dollars on the engagement ring mm-hmm. for his fiance. Uh, in the post, he explained that. While he does make a sizable salary, this year has been somewhat challenging because he's financially supporting his parents, sister and nephew who all Damn. have who have all had COVID-19. He is also still supporting his sister who lost her job. God damn. OK, let me just let me just come out right now and say this. Uh, drop this chick, dude. Get rid of her. Yeah. Get rid <clears throat> of this chick, man, because at the end of the day, if if you have to fucking. Explain to your wife or your fiance that you can't spend this much money because you're supporting your family. Mm-hmm. That's this woman's no good. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. If if I bought a chick a fucking titanium ring, you mm-hmm. should love me. It's about me, right? Yeah. If I make a million dollars a year and I decide to get you a $3,000 ring, it doesn't mean that I don't fucking love you. It just means that like I value the love that we have more than this ring, right? And, and look, if I make a lot of money and I want to give my wife something really nice and it's really on my heart, of course, I'm going to do that. But if you're going to chastise me for not getting you the biggest, best ring, who the fuck am I marrying right now? Yeah, I think I think that's one thing. Um, my angle is the fact that she knows this. She knows that he's supporting his family. Yeah. She knows he's supporting his sister and all these people that lost their job or dealing with COVID. Um so for her to know that and then to still be um, expecting, you know, a $15,000 ring, it's, that's just crazy. And it's one of those things. And, I, you know, who, who knows how he uh, prefaced it or whatever, if he gave it to her and he was like, yo, I'll get you. I'll upgrade it later when I get some more money or when when after this COVID and my family get back on their feet. Um, but even then, for her just to not appreciate it, it's yeah. just like, like you said, that's not that's not the person for you. No, nah, people. Be- go ahead, I'm sorry. Because she, she, what it seems like is she's gotten so used to this lifestyle. Yeah. You know, if you expect an expensive ring, and this guy probably makes a million dollars a yeah. year, some somewhere in there, uh, or uh, maybe a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. Um, then she's probably lives a certain lifestyle where she's, uh, you know, she's probably just enjoying the fruits of his labor. There you go. Um, but that's not it, that materialistic stuff is not real. Fuck man. no, it's not real, man. <clears throat> it's not real at all. And 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 then just like people getting married for the wrong reasons. I think she's getting married more or less for status. Yeah, I feel like she she feels because she's with this guy that makes a lot of money that she should have this certain ring. Yeah. Or why why else would I be with you if I couldn't have this certain ring? It's just people are looking for social cachet more than they really love people. It is fucking insane. I, I, in reality, I feel like that should make you love your partner more. Like, yo, he's taking care of yeah, five people it, right there now. There you go. Like, you know, he, if, if something ever happened to me, I know this is a type of person that'll be able to take care of me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, that you should. Yeah, exactly. And he's taking care of a whole fucking family. Yeah. And he's taking care of his sister. And it's like. Dude, and and his family had COVID nineteen. So not only was his family sick, but they not financially able to take care of themselves. And he's being a man and taking care of them. And you have a problem with the ring, which you're basically saying, "Fuck your family, fuck your sister, fuck all of them." Where's my ring? It, I think too. Like That's the messaging. The, the thing about it, he probably thought all these circumstances probably brought them closer together. They were probably spending a little bit more time mm-hmm. together and, you know, he felt it was on his heart to, uh, to propose to her. Right. And it's just unfortunate because he, as he's thinking they're getting closer, she's probably only got her mind on the financial aspects of this relationship. Yeah. Man, it's, it's just a shame. And you know, what's sad too about, um, um, I think there was a per- there was a percentage of people that got divorced. I think it was over fifty percent of it was due to finances. Yeah, I think it was more than that. Mm-hmm. It was more than the divorces. It was a higher percent. It was higher percent. I think it was like seventy something, almost eighty percent of them was due to finances. Mm-hmm. So people could talk about how money doesn't matter, this and that, and the, and, the, and the third. But like, yo, why are so many fucking people getting divorced because of finances? Mm-hmm. So it just seems like this woman, whoever he's with. Um, I mean, that's what she's here for, man. Yeah. And you're not giving her what she met you for. And who knows? Two things could be true now. I'm not saying she's right at all. But what if he met her and he was the high, like the high roller? 
Like when he met her, like, hey, don't worry about that. You want a, you want a ten thousand dollar bag? I got you. Yeah. Oh, you want you want a new Mercedes? I got you, baby. You know I love you. I'm get you whatever you want, right? Yeah. But then the fucking COVID hit, and he stopped being that high roller, right? So he may have gotten her by having all this nice shit and doing everything she wanted. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And now since he can't do it, now she's like, you know, you're not the man that you know. All she's gonna do now is just leave him for another rich guy. That's all that's gonna happen. Yeah, I I don't know, and I don't know if this what what this means in reality i don't know too many people that make over a hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars a year that don't make it known right that's a good point so whether they pulling up in a nice car or you know they buying purchasing homes or whatever or just telling you little sly things here yeah they bringing it up yeah no one knows how much money i make same here yeah yeah i'm not rich i don't make 100k a year i do okay for myself yeah but i don't make a hundred thousand a year right Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is, is I really don't even like to tell people how much I make because I know people that, and I don't want to say what they make, but I'm sure they make around the same or less than yeah. I do, but they'd be acting like they rich. Yeah. They'd be acting like, yo, I'm, you know, I'm out here, you know, I'm, I'm holding. Traveling. Th- yeah. Traveling everywhere and mm-hmm. putting on a fucking show. And it's like, dude, calm down. You're not rich. Yeah. You're, you're one, you're probably, you're probably what one job, one job lost away from being fucked. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't care if you make anything under a hundred k. You can still manage your money pretty good, but if you lose your job, you only got a few months of paying bills and shit before you're fucked. Yeah, it'd be going time go by fast. Oh yeah. yeah, money going out without money coming in, you'll be fucked. I don't care if you got twenty, thirty thousand dollars saved up, mm-hmm. it ain't gonna matter. A couple months go by, you're buying groceries, you're buying gas, you're doing shit, you're gonna be out of money. Yeah, yeah, you know, but. yeah. That especially during this time, yeah. it's hard to get jobs. Yeah, it is. Where are you gonna work at? That's true. Yeah. I mean, luckily, I work in a field <laughs> where, as a truck driver, where you know, I could haul anything. Mm-hmm. So I basically have a degree in trucking. I have all my endorsements. <laughs> yeah. I could haul anything. Yeah. So I work in a in a I work in a job where, let's say, for example, you lost your job or something, you can have another job in like three days. Mm-hmm. Truck truck driving is probably one of the most unrealistic career paths. Cause as long as you can fucking drive, they're gonna hire you. Yeah, and you and and it's a job where you could go. You can only go to the places um, that you genuinely want to work. Yeah, and and it'd be like, hey, you guys hiring? I'd be like, uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. Let me see your your license. Oh, you got a clean license. So uh, when do you want to start? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how trucking is, man. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, folks, just just be careful who you're marrying um, or trying to marry. Yeah. If they want to cancel you because of a fucking ring, chances are. Uh, you fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta let him go. Yeah, just get on Tinder and try again. Oh no, no, that's not the place to try. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if you're trying to get some ass, go to Tinder. <laughs> that ain't you ain't marrying you ain't marrying shit on fucking Tinder. <laughs> All right, um, switching gears. Uh, youth football coach uh, hits player. So there's a viral video that's going around right now of a coach that's fucking hitting this kid. All right, a Florida football coach will be charged after video shows him allegedly hitting a child player. He didn't allegedly hit him. He fucking hit him. Everybody's seen it. That was stupid. Yeah, Why that's you that's say a stupid fucking headline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, charges will be filed against a Georgia youth football coach who was caught on camera attacking one of his players, leading into the man's expulsion from the league. The troubling incident unfolded at Austin Tyndall Park in Kissimmee, Florida, on Monday involving a team of nine-year-olds from Savannah, Georgia, according to the to statements by the Osceola County Sheriff's Office and American Youth Football. An unidentified person in Maryland shared a video of an attack with, uh, an attack with deputies 
uh, stating that he did not know anyone in the video and just wanted to be in the right hands. Uh, the sheriff uh, office said Friday, I observed the coach slap the player's um, uh, helmet with enough force to shift his balance. After a few moments, the coach hit a player again in the helmet, knocking him to the ground, according to a report written by responding uh, officer Doug Ford, who identified the offending coach as Gerald Williams. OK, here's my take on this. Um, if you're a grown man and you're working or not so much working, but if you're doing something like being a coach, that's a passion filled job. You, you have the responsibility of leading grown men. I mean, not grown men, leading young men. Right. Um, if you hate yourself and you have any type of psychological problems, stay the fuck away from kids, man. Like, seriously, there's no reason why you need to be around any kids if you suck. Like, if you suck and you hit kids, you need your fucking ass beat, period. If I had been anywhere near the, in that vicinity and seen him hit a kid, I would have fucked him up for that, mm-hmm. right? And he hit the kid hard and knocked him down. Yeah. I don't know why no parents fucking got out there and fucked that guy up. Mm-hmm. It should have been, that whole bleacher should have got out and fucked stomped, that dude up. Stomped him out. Huh? They should have beat his fucking ass, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. You don't hit kids like that. You don't do it. Yeah. And, and like, this is coming from a guy without kids. I don't have kids, but I don't, I don't like when people fuck with kids. That's one thing that is a huge no-no for me. Yeah. I almost fucked this dude up one day. I don't know if I told you about it, Mm-mm. but I was at McDonald's. It was early in the morning. It's before I went to work and I was about to eat my McMuffin. I was in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And this dude was yelling at his daughter. I was like, okay, maybe he's a shitty parent, but he's just yelling at her. And all of a sudden, I heard a smack noise. He smacked her in the face. I threw my fucking McMuffin in the passenger seat and got out. And I said, dude, get out the fucking car, bro. Get out the fucking car. And I rushed him. Swear to God. I rushed him and ran to the other side, and he drove off. I was going to fuck his ass up right there in the parking lot. And it's like I just switched, like, real quick. Because, and I didn't even know that I would feel that way or react like that. But when you're sitting there and you see someone that's defenseless and she could have been no older than eight or nine years old. Yeah. And when he smacked her, dude, I had the window cracked and I heard it. And I was just like, oh, no. I said, hey, man, get out the fucking car. Like, yeah. I didn't say, hey, what are you doing? I ran to the other side of the car to, and I ran in front of it. So he could have ran me over. Mm-hmm. But I ran to the other side. I was going to grab his fucking ass. Yeah. And he drove off. So, dude. That bothered me seeing that nobody got up and fucked this dude up. Mm-hmm. Like somebody should have did something. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's it's one of those things like there are a lot of um, it's with youth, youth sports. There's not many guidelines because there's so right. many different leagues. It's not like high school or, uh, or even middle school where there's like organization and these teachers or the coaches are hired through the school and all these things. So there's a, there's a slight vetting process, but with a lot of times with the youth sports, there's just some niggas that be coming off the streets and we don't know their history. We don't know. We don't know nothing about them outside of the fact that they're coaching our kids. Right. So I basically say that to say, like, there's a lot of these kind of people, maybe not necessarily people that put their hands on kids, yeah. but there's a lot of terrible people that are around our kids. Right. Um, on a consistent basis. And I've had even coaches in my past that is like that was still from, you know, still from the parents, like coaches that would be like, yo, we going to like selling us dreams. Like, yo, yeah. we're going to go to Florida this year. Mm-hmm. Just tell your mom to, or your parents to donate 20 bucks or selling us like gloves and all these kind of things. And then just pocketing the money. So these are the kind of 
uh, dudes that are like taking care of, you know, our kids and youth sports. So I feel like as um, as uh, parents, you know, obviously the situation you already spoke on the, the what you would do to him. That's like goes without saying. Yeah. But I feel like as parents, we got to do a little bit more mm-hmm. due diligence as far as like checking to see who who's coaching 100%. our kids. Like right. for me, I was fortunate enough to be coached by um somebody my dad worked with at least from one one year when I was in uh when, oh, yeah. when I was in junior high. Yeah, he was also so, coaching me too. Well he was a assistant. What was that, what was his name again? Moran? No, I'm, I'm talking about junior high. Oh junior high. Not not high school. Oh okay. but um but yeah so like so that so that's the vetting process already. That was like my one of my dad's good friends. But you know a lot of times like it's just whatever based on wherever you live or where where whatever uh Wherever your friend is playing, your friend might be like, yo, come join this team or or whatever. And we don't know nothing about these dudes. So, yeah, I, I hope he um, he gets all the the time he deserves because that's a uh, that's sad. That really hurt my heart seeing that little kid. These these tiny these yeah. are kids so little that they helmet is like bigger than a body. Like that's how young these kids are. So to see that is just like it's just it's hurtful. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, and as you mentioned, you hit it, you hit the nail on the head. Basically, um, be cognizant of you know what not only what these these guys that are coaches or what what they're saying, but who's around them. Because you yeah. got you got teachers that's fucking students. You know, you got you got um, you got what are those campus security people that is you know hitting kids and taking their weed and all kinds of weird mm-hmm. shit. So there's a lot of people who infiltrate these spaces that are not supposed to be in them. It's just like a bad cop, right? A cop that's, you know, he's the one that's selling and stealing drugs and framing people and planting dope on people. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that get in positions that they have no business being in. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you shouldn't be a cop if you don't actually love the community. You shouldn't be uh, a coach if you don't actually love these kids and want to lead these young men. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be a teacher if you hate students, but there are teachers that hate students. Yeah. I've had them before. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's really fucked there up. There are parents that hate kids. Yeah, 100%. It's parents that hate their own kids. Yeah. They're like, oh, my son's a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know a lot of kids that was like, man, I hate my dad, man. He's a fucking asshole. I hate going around him. You, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I had a friend, and I don't want to say his name, but I had a friend. He loved his mom to death, like mm-hmm. adored her. Um, but he just hated his dad. Oh, oh, just, and, it, and it it didn't, um, obviously, you know, when you get older, you kind of start to understand, like, the nuances of relationships. But at the time, I was like, dang, like, wh- like why? You know what I mean? It didn't really register to me. But that's some people's relationships with their parents. A like, lot of men have, um, they have this weird alpha mentality where if they have a son, they have to impose their... I won't say their will, but they have to be the man all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that's weird. Where it's like, yo, I'm the man here. You're my son, but you're, you'll never be the man. You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You, I think there should be compassion and love to your son. Like as men, we should actually love each other. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you love your brother. You don't be y'all don't be arguing and yelling and screaming and shit like that. I've mm-hmm. never seen y'all doing that. Mm-hmm. It's always been a genuine love between you and your younger brother. You mm-hmm. know, um, or like my dad to me. Like mm-hmm. you know. I remember I, I get a ride to school in the morning and my dad would like give me a hug and give me a kiss on the head. You know what I mean? And it's a lot of men that don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I know this is kind of veering off a little bit, but it's just basically to 
to, to uh, piggyback on what you were saying in regards to him loving his mother and really disliking his dad. Like, it's sad that you would hate your own parents, but it's probably the dad fucking hating you. If you yeah, can sense, if you if you can sense somebody don't fuck with you, then what? How are you gonna feel? You yeah. know, a lot of those dude. I bet you a lot of those kids, the ones that are on that football team, they got slapped in the head. They didn't like that coach. You know, they didn't. There's no way they love somebody that, that they actually not love, but they actually like somebody that's hitting them. Yeah, and that and that and that's the type of thing that probably happened before. Oh, and yeah. that the the reason I feel so much empathy for those kids is because I've been in situations where you feel like helpless in a sense. Mm. Like you playing a sport and the, you're so young and then the coach is, you know, so much older, so much physic mm-hmm. much more physically imposing. Um, and you just kind of take a lot of nonsense. Mm. Like, you know, there was a lot of times where it'll be times where you you almost like not fear the coach, but fear him in the sense to where like you may practice even when you don't feel that good. You know what I mean? Right. You may be sick or you yeah. may your leg might be hurting or something. In reality, you would sit out. But because you're such a kid and, you know, the, the coach is a certain, you know, um, an imposing figure, mm-hmm. you might just do it. You might thug it out. So I know yeah. those kids, are, they have that type of, you know, alpha yeah. beta relationship with the coach. 100%. I don't want to be that guy because I don't want to be responsible for making you come uh, on that field and you're fucked up and you hurt yourself because mm-hmm. I'm going to feel responsible about it because I actually care about you. Right. Yeah. So as a man that cares about young men that are on the team, I'm like, yo, if you can't come to practice and give 100 percent and you feel fucked up, don't get on this field. Mm-hmm. OK, don't come out here. Right. You can come out here and support your teammates. Right. But don't come out here and half ass it. And if you have an injury, you know, see the trainer, make sure you get you know, you get right. So you give 100 percent out here on this field. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just got people and you might have a player that got a broken foot and he's showing up to practice because he doesn't want to let you down. Like that's, that's a terrible culture. It's a terrible culture. Yeah. We and, gotta, it, and it goes from kids all the way up into the NFL. Yeah, we got to stop that, man. Yeah. We really got to stop it. And it's like and we've grown a culture where if you do hurt yourself or something's fucked up and you be like, oh, man, my hand is hurting bad. They be like, come on, man. Are you serious? Why are you, why are you bitching about your hand? And then you get an x-ray and your hand is snapped in five fucking places. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're like, oh, 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 I didn't know you were hurt that bad. Yeah. Motherfucker, I try to tell you stupid ass that my hand was broke, you dickhead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> I remember I was I was hurting real bad. I'm not going to uh, go too far off, but. Uh, it was during football season, my senior year, and I was pretty fucked up. I had two turned ankles. My shoulder was fucked up, and I didn't show up to practice. Well, I went to practice, but I was hurting. And it's like, what are you doing over here on the sideline, man? What's going on? I'd be like, I'm hurt. And they're like, oh, God. Yeah. That's- it's like, I can't be, motherfucker, I didn't, if I had it my way, I wouldn't be hurt. Yeah. Like, I want to play football. <laughs> I want to play. I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. I want to play fucking game, the game, mm-hmm. but fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um. We're going to, well, not veer off, but switching gears to some questions we got here. Mm-hmm. We got only a few of them. Um, one of the questions we got was, um, would you date someone you are not attracted to in order to pursue a faithful, a fruitful relationship? And the answer to that is nobody would. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that I would date, definitely date a woman that's less attractive for sure. Yeah. 1000%. But the question is this. Would you date someone you are not attracted to? I don't think anyone would do that. I don't think hardly anyone would do that. Do you think do you think she meant to say like like not like less attractive? She didn't say that though. 
I'm just saying, I'm just asking, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, but I'm saying we could frame it in both ways, but yeah. you, you kind of answered it already. I say less attractive based on the fact that attraction starts to become the second thing you notice about women when you want a, like a, you look at a woman's soul, you know what I mean? You Like what, what does your mental health look like? Do you have a career? You know, um, what do you, what do you do um, professionally? Like all yeah. these type of things you start to look at. Like when you really want to choose a solid woman, you don't just look at what she fucking looks like. Yeah. There are a bunch of really good looking women that aren't doing shit. Yeah. Right. They yeah. aren't doing shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I totally would date. And first of all, you also got to realize as men that you're probably not a woman's first choice. I think a lot of women that are married or have a boyfriend, that guy wasn't their first fucking choice. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. Look, fellas, if you listen to this right now, if you think you were your girlfriend's first choice, you are delusional. There was somebody else mm-hmm. that probably looked better than you or he seemed like he was a better option. But then they got to know you a little bit more and they say, you know what? He's a good guy. Right. Or their first choice rejected them. And then you were just left there. <laughs> yeah. The women won't admit it, dude. You're not the first choice. You just got to fall in line. You just got to fall in line. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just it is what it is. Yeah, I think for me, I I agree. I think that um, not not attractive, but I I think there are people out there. There's certain people you'll see like they'll be in relationships with like women that are uh, par uh, what do you call it paraplegic. I don't know about no. I don't think the word is paraplegic. What does that mean? Paraplegic. It yeah. doesn't. It, I think that they're re- like really messed up. I don't really know exactly. Yeah. But I don't know what I'm saying. Disabled, is that, basically. Yeah. There are people that are in relationships with people that are disabled or yeah. maybe been in a fire or something. And yeah. for them, that's just surface level stuff. Right. Um, and I don't know if they are attracted to that. But in 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 uh, for the most of the population, we probably wouldn't deem that as like being like a, a very beautiful surface level person. So there are relationships like that. I think if a person fills you up in a way and they may not have um, the greatest looks, then, you know, you can you should definitely uh, pursue that relationship and see where it goes. Right. I think for me and um, what I noticed, I noticed this like a while back, like it would be guys like Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg and they would have all the baddest women in the world. Like Snoop had a, yeah. the, uh, he had the song with Pharrell and it was all in Brazil with the yeah, women oh, and the yeah. bikinis and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, yo, these are the most beautiful women. Right, right, right. And then you, see you realize that these men are married. 100%. And then you look at their wives and not, no disrespect to their Very wives, but they don't looking. look like the women in the music videos. Right. And then to me, it just dawned on me. I was like, they are you know, probably settling down um, with these type of women because these women are real. Right. Yeah. Right. It took the, took the words right yeah. out of my mouth. So when it comes to like a lot of our perception is skewed by mm-hmm. uh, entertainment and, and singers and actresses and stuff, because part of being famous is you almost like a, a, a caveat of being famous is you have to look good. Mm. But we're not like currently we're not famous and right. the person writing that is probably not famous either. 100%. We're just regular people. So with that being said, we got to approach our relationships like we're regular people. Exactly. But we don't. And here's the sad part. The problem with uh, building like an attraction or whatever is the average person always wants the best. Yeah. It's like they in the, the best is always something that doesn't want them. We talked about this already. 
where there'll be a girl that's just an average woman. Average woman is probably like a six and a half, maybe a six. And I'm not trying to rate women, but I'm just giving scales because men, mm. you know, I'm, I'm in the six range. Um, but <laughs> here's the thing. A person that's a six will think that they want somebody that's a nine. I'm only talking about looks. I'm mm. only talking about looks. But what they don't realize is you're trying to get this person that may not ever want you. Yeah. There's a bunch of men and women who want, like, they want the same people. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like a bunch of mediocre, just regular average dudes. They all want the super hot chick. And there's a bunch of women that they all want the same man. But what they're ignoring is a bunch of people that are right on their level. You got dudes right on your level that like you. If you're average, chances are you're going to meet someone that's average. Yeah. That's just that's just how the cookie crumbles. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal. There and look, the thing too is is chances are you can meet a girl, you can like her a lot. You know, you guys, you think you hit it off, and she'll just totally stop talking to you. And it'll be because you're not enough in her eyes because she could do better. But the truth of the matter is, better doesn't want her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fall in line. You gotta fall in line. Mm-hmm. And and it's just weird, man. Um, mm-hmm. and and truth be told, too, you talked about like regular people. The average woman has a little bit of stomach. Mm-hmm. She has a gut. Has a little bit of a stomach. The average woman Cellular. has stretch marks. Mm-hmm. The average woman don't got a small waist and a big old booty like Meg the Stallion and big old breasts like fucking whoever else. That's not what the average woman looks like. Mm-hmm. Period. But mm-hmm. I'm still attracted to those women because guess what? I'm on that level with yeah. them. Yeah. You know? It's not like I'm fucking Michael B. Jordan. You know, Mm -hmm. Michael B. Jordan is a handsome guy that's also rich and he has status. Mm -hmm. He can have anyone he wants. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Right? Yeah. But in there, a lot of average, regular women be thinking that they could get a Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. And it's like. It don't work like that. It don't work like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It don't Mm -hmm. work like that, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't know if we answered that question. I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> if you love somebody and they really rocking with you, then try try it out. Try it out. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. You What's know? The, I mean, the worst that can happen is y'all break up. 100%. Mm-hmm. And don't look for a... And then here's the thing. If you feel like they're mediocre looking and they ain't all that great, don't look for a co-signer like we talked about earlier. Don't look don't look for a co-signer in your friends and be like, um, yeah, I like this dude. And they're like, oh, girl, you could do better than that. You got to look for that social cachet before you feel like you like someone. Mm-hmm. That's just not, that's not organic, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, switching gears to the next question. It says, uh, the next question says, you guys have been podcasting for so long. What drives you to do a podcast every week? Mm-hmm. For me, I'll keep it very safe, very simple. Two things, impact and reach. Yeah. Right. I feel like we can impact people's lives. I don't know. Like from a podcast to podcast basis, there's different things we can say and do that can impact people in a positive way. Yeah, we crack jokes on here and shit like that. And we talk about wild shit on here. But I feel like making that impact when we actually start talking about things of substance is what matters. Yeah. And it also reach. I want this podcast to reach as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, you have to do it every single fucking week because any week you miss, it's an opportunity to reach more people. Yeah. So that's why it's important to get on these microphones and do it. But we fucking love it. We love mm-hmm. doing this shit every mm-hmm. week. This mm-hmm. is what we love to do. Mm-hmm. I think I think what's going to happen is when we start getting paid for that, it's going to feel like I'm robbing people. Yeah. Because I've been doing this shit for free. Yeah. 
Like you get to pay, get paid to talk on a microphone. Get paid to talk about pussy juice. This nah. is crazy. Yeah, I said pussy juice. No, I, mean, I know that's been a while. <laughs> but, to, all, to all anybody, any of the new listeners, if you don't know what that means, just go back and do a little binge listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm right there with you as far as just uh, for me. I am uh, very goal oriented. So when when I think about um, any person that has, you know, maintained or reached a certain level of success, the the one constant theme in their lives is that they just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it until something happened for them. So for me, knowing that, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to just keep working on my craft and I'm going to keep um, going every single every single week until I reach the goals I want to. And then when I, once I reach those, I'm going to just move the goalpost in you know, try to shoot for something a little bigger, maybe a an award or, you know, an interview or whatever the case. So, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. So that's basically what drives us to doing the podcast every week. Mm-hmm. Um, impact, um, reach, um, the possibility of actually turning this thing over and making some money on it. Podcast job, yeah, quitting the job. My objective is, and this is no slight to anybody, but my objective is to quit my job. I want to make so much money doing this podcast that I'm just like, I can't go to work anymore because it's killing my, it's killing off the platform. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the objective. Um, Another question we have: switching gears. Um, Has podcasting opened any doors for you two? Yes, it has. Mm -hmm. It definitely has. Um, We've met a lot of different content creators. We met people and different cities we've um man um actually just the other day uh keith was in the studio session with zakari from tde Mm -hmm. well zakari originally from bakersfield but now Mm -hmm. under the tde tde umbrella yeah so they're doing they were at a what do you call like a listening not a listening party uh well he's mixing his album and adding a little just tweaking stuff and recording verses and stuff like that so yeah, yeah, I got to basically he played the whole album and I got to listen to it. He got a lot of dope stuff on there too. Yeah, it's dope, man. Mm-hmm. So making all kind of connections and I've met yeah. all kinds of people through doing the podcast. We met Zylo and you know, Zylo's yeah. connections and you know, Keith's doing a documentary because, you know, uh the relationship with the podcast and mm-hmm. so having Zylo on, like we we're are believe it or not, we're still in the beginning stages of really having these relationships. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't me or Keith don't really like the name drop, but one of the the biggest newest artists out of Los Angeles is Blast, mm-hmm. and Keith has on this been on the set with Blast what mm-hmm. two three times? Yeah, it's been like one. Yeah, probably like four music videos. Yeah, like four music videos. Mm-hmm. Four so, or five. Like, and I don't think that that's a direct. There's a direct correlation between the podcast and that but we also had blue on the podcast and blue works with blast a lot yeah so it's just you're starting to create all these new relationships based on you know the reach of the podcast yeah also when people listen to the podcast they get a sense of who you are yeah so if they want to do any type of business with you they're looking at your you know not not just listen to the podcast for the funny stuff but whatever you're listening to right now like this is us mm-hmm. right this is not like we're not putting out a facade like this is really Eddie McGee. This is really key fingers. Mm-hmm. So when you get a sense of who we are by listening every week and you're a guy that has like this platform and you have this opportunity for us, then you're going to feel more comfortable because you listen to the podcast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Po- podcasting has been one of those things like 
uh, probably more so than any other thing. It it's opened up a lot of doors. Uh-huh. Um, like you said, meeting Zylo and Zylo had a lot of connections and the 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 skill set that I had was able to um, you know benefit him as well. So he brought me along and he brings me in certain spaces just because we have a, a a tight bond. So and that all that's literally all from talking on this mic for you know however many hours every Sunday. So yeah, I I, I think honestly like in as far as this question goes, um, I feel like doing something, doing almost anything that consistent will start to open up doors for you. Whether you, maybe you're a trainer, you know, and you training people consistently or you working out, you know, consistently, you're going to have one, one client and then you may have another client and then you just keep growing your, 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 your clientele and you may all of a sudden be working out a NFL player or you may all of a sudden be working out like Michael B. Jordan right. for Creed three or something like that. So it's just like consistency is always like it. And then the law of attraction plays a big role in it too. You know, you start just, you just stick to your path and you on your purpose and you go oriented um, and you move in with a purpose. All these start to, all these things are, all these doors are going to start to open. So, yeah. yeah. And you know, a lot of them are not with a direct correlation to the podcast, but a lot of them are because there's people in different spaces yeah. that are like, hey, you're the, the podcast guy, you know, mm-hmm. and you could you could create, I want to say forge a relationship because I don't think that's the correct diction, uh-huh. but you can build these relationships based off of that. Yeah. So we've benefited off of that. So sure. that answers your question. Yeah. Um, looks like we came to the end of this thing, man. Yes, sir. So we appreciate all of you. Um who have tuned in and listened to the whole episode. Once again, rest in peace uh, to Gore. Yes, sir. Rest in peace to Gore. Rest in peace to Tiny Lister also. Yeah, Tiny Lister. Yeah, mm-hmm. for known as Debo. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K. Fings. Right here. Peace.